What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com, and I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and this episode, we have Sebastian Taylor. Now, Sebastian just finished 7500, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and it's on Amazon currently. He and I sat down to discuss shooting in tight quarters with improvising actors and how to get the most out of them. If you're enjoying these types of interviews, then you'll love the project over at filmmakeru.com, that's filmmaker, the letter u.com, where you can purchase courses on color correcting by the Mad Max Fury Road colorist, editing by Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's editor, and sound design by Martin Scorsese's sound designer. That's filmmakeru.com, filmmaker, the letter u.com. With all that said, here's my interview with Sebastian. So can you tell me, when you approached this film, how did you determine the look for the film? Like, where, where did you get your inspiration? The shooting uh, was preceded by a very long research, and uh, Patrick and me visited a lot of flight simulators first, and then um, like to try out the camera movement, and then we also figure out we were allowed to fly in a real cockpit in a night situation, like we wanted to set our movie, and there we observed the real world and the work process of the pilots and the lighting situation. And um, then we kept that experience and uh, we took it to the shooting and tried to implement it and recreate that on set quite accordingly. From our talking, it was like our aim to get a very realistic look, like you would sit as a person in this situation in this cockpit. You mentioned in one of your interviews that you wanted to sort of reproduce that documentary sort of feel of the cockpit. What documentary elements did you pull from your research and getting to fly at night with the cockpit? I mean, especially it was like um, the lighting situation and how just like to capture the atmosphere that we have seen in the real cockpit, how the pilots are moving there, what they do, what they, what they do when they wait. And that we tried to recreate. Of course, Patrick had his script and the story, but we tried to implement these elements that we saw and that we were quite impressed when we saw them in this cockpit. Because when you're in this cockpit and you fly with them, it's like a real like a bus ride. I mean, they do their job, they are there, and that's it. Everyday job. It's nothing special for them anymore. And that atmosphere and that lighting situation we tried to implement into the shooting. Now, one of the things that I would love to know is... They brought in an actual plane, like um, one that you could actually shoot in with an actual in the actual cockpit. So the cockpits are quite tight. So how did you go about lighting in such a tight space? Yeah, the lighting was uh, on the tight space was particularly difficult. And because our goal was to light it also 63 degrees, so we could make like really long takes and let's say have a lot of freedom. So, I mean, we got our production design and cockpit from a junkyard for airplanes. And rebuild it inside. We just got like the cockpit section and the first 10 rows, including the galley. And the only thing what we changed in the cockpit was to rise the roof by 10 centimeters to have a little bit more space to stand upright because the cockpit is like going quite fast down. So you can just stand where the door is. And then we were discussing with Patrick all possible positions of the actors of the action, what could happen, where they could sit, what could be. And with Magatha, Jakob Bellinger, then together with the production designer, we um, implemented practical lights that we can see on camera 
and we changed that to film light, so we had them under control. So, for example, when we shot our 50-minute takes, of course, I was moving from left to right, whatever. So all the lights in the cockpit were on the dimmer pack. So um, Jakob and his best boy were watching the live feed when we were shooting and were live fading and mixing the lights so that I didn't make any shadows on the actors when they're moving from one position to another. So that was like, uh, without rehearsal, because we didn't rehearse, so it was like a really improvised dance between actors, me, the camera, and the light during the 50-minute takes. So what was the communication like with your team then? Because you said you didn't get to practice beforehand. So how did you work with your team to make sure you didn't cast shadows or, you know, have a light fade off all of a sudden? We had some pre-light days and we tried out situations. I showed the gaffer where I would be, where I could be. So when he saw when I was moving, he knew already which lamps he had to dim and to prepare next to light up or whatever. But the communication during the shooting was quite hard. I was just connected to Patrick and I just could hear him. And sometimes he were giving me some notes or tasks to do during the system he takes. But most of the time I was on my own. And I also didn't know what will happen. So I was also not improvising, but I was also always with the actors and waiting and trying to catch their emotions in front of me. But I didn't know exactly what they would do because they had their dialogue lines and there was a script, but a lot of the dialogues and the lines were improvised or they were free to change it when they felt it. So it was process from all of us to expect everything and to be prepared for everything. It sounds very difficult considering that the actors are also improvising. Uh, yeah, but I remember they enjoyed it quite well to have the freedom to develop the character during the 60 minutes and not to stop every five minutes for another take or another angle so that they could just let it go and just be there. Was there anything you noticed in the delivery of the actors or anything that would help cue you to you know, switch between them or anything like that when they're improvising? Uh, no, I was connected with Patrick, but most of the time it was, um, I was the first audience with Patrick. And when I felt I had to tend to the other person, I did it. And that was our way to not to do one direction and then uh, shoot another direction, but just to be in the flow in this dialogue, in the scene. So I was constantly changing positions to capture the scene, like once I was on Joe, then I was on Carlo. But it was like a very, it was a dance between me, the actors and the light crew. And as I said, Patrick was sometimes whispering me some, some stuff, okay, maybe let's try that or let's go there and give me a close-up or I want to see that. So that was like the only thing was we knew when we were going into the takes. But after the takes, we had like long breaks. We were discussing the take and then we were analyzing if something more, if we should change something, if we should change the land, should we change the angles, did we catch all emotions, all actions that we need for the story. So, and then we went again. You mentioned that this is such a tight space, but you guys shot this in two, three, five to one aspect ratio. So what was your decision behind that? We actually like we were thinking of 16 by 9 or the academy ratio, but as it turned out after the first test shootings, the more information that you get on the bottom and on the, on the top of the image is distracting you from the characters because there's so much more information of the environment from the cockpit that distracts you from the characters. So we choose the cinemascope as the ratio to 
get close and to cut off unnecessary information to really be with the emotions and the actors in this cockpit. And of course, we were thinking that with the 16 by 9 aspect ratio, we would get more claustrophobic atmosphere. But it turned out that it was the right opposite. No, it worked great. And what camera did you use in such a tight space? Because obviously you're not going to go in there with a Panavision setup. No, we used the Alexa Mini and I was carrying it in front of my chest all the time. I was mounting all the batteries on my back and the backpack and I had just the camera and the lens in front of me with a small monitor. So I could be really free and could squeeze myself into all possible corners to give their actors all possible movements and give them also the freedom to develop their characters, not to disturb them. Because of course, with four people and myself in the cockpit, it was quite tight. And you guys used front screen projection. So what was your approach to working with the VFX team to get the outside to look so authentic? Yeah, we decided for the first 20 minutes of the film for rear projection. We went for that to Vienna and we were allowed to do almost everything on the airport outside. So we got a Russian arm with nine cameras aligned to have a like 270 degrees image and we just filmed that and all the action also the shot where the students are coming out of the gate was in fact filmed on location in vienna and that we took into the production and we had it we filmed that from the reproduction so there was no vvx it was just like from the silver screen now you know you've done this uniquely challenging film what is something from this film that you've learned that you're going to take on to your next projects? It was already a following up of a try. We tried with Patrick before, like, I don't know if you have seen everything will be okay. There we tried already this concept of long sequences and long takes to capture the emotional moment. And from there, we didn't know it at that time, but from there we took the experience that we made to this film. And what I was taking from there, it's like to... What was very important and what I learned is like that you have to build up a relationship to the actor or to the actors. Because when you're sick with the camera in front of the face, just 20 centimeters away, you have to feel when it starts to get uncomfortable for them. So you have to be constantly aware of this thin line where somebody's too close to you. So you have always to be aware of that thin line so that you don't disturb the acting. But it was like uh, very important for me to, um, to build up this relationship and also to get trust that they can still move free and that I will be away when they ha- want to move to one direction and I'm standing in front of them. They don't have to be afraid to stop or something. So I was always constantly aware of this in line and the actors we developed like a small dance in the small space so that we didn't disturb us in the cockpit. Now I have one last question that I like to ask everyone I interview and that's what's your favorite guilty pleasure film to watch? Guilty pleasure film to watch? Uh, good question. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of nice movies, but the favorite one, I can't tell it right now. <laughs> How about this? Is there a German film our listeners should check out that might not have made it over here? A German film? I mean, there is a nice project now. I think you heard about uh, the series Dark. Yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix over here. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that I would recommend, let's say. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you. Thank you very much for your time. Um, yeah, if you have further questions, just contact me if there is something left. Great. Thanks so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. 
So that was my interview with Sebastian. I'd like to thank Sebastian Toller for allowing me to interview him. I'd also like to thank the crew over at Amazon Prime, as well as Niraj Patel for cutting this episode. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.